It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. And a great guest we have for tonight, Tim McConnell. He has a book called Happy Church, Pursuing Radical Joy as the People of God. And many times we think of church as being stodgy. Uh, not the case here. That We're supposed to be happy people. And so welcome to the program, Tim. Thank you so much, Michael. It's really uh, it's a joy to be with you. Yes, it's a joy to have you. And by the way, um, it looks like here that you're the senior pastor, or at least you were, you tell us where you are now, of uh, Eastminster Presbyterian Church in Marietta, Georgia. And uh, you hold a Ph.D. in early Christian theology from the University of Virginia. Well, where are you now? You get around, huh? I'm actually in a new call. I was with that church for uh, about five and a half years, and I'm now in, I'm in First Pres, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, just took that call a couple of months ago. Wow, congratulations. How is uh, how's the weather there? The weather is just fantastic. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, you bet. can't beat Colorado. No, no, you can't. And so um, let's get to your book because uh, Happy Church, great topic, number one. And so uh, how did it come about where you said, you know what, uh, let's explore and see about Happy Church and Happy People? And what was the inspiration? Well, I just saw a lot of struggle in our churches to find joy. And so Happy Church, Pursuing Radical Joy as the People of God, became for me an, an exploration in how do I help churches find joy in the Lord? How could I bless churches by reminding them of God's God's good blessings to them? How could I release more churches from feeling that sense of uh, kind of a hopelessness or a dourness? There are so many things that are pushing us as Christians into kind of a corner where we just forget that God has a mission for us in the world to reflect his love, his grace, and also his joy. And if we run around the world as a bunch of grumpy people, it's not a very good service to the God that we love and the God who has blessed us so richly. You know, I thought about that Billy Joel song that I'd rather, uh, you know, laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints because the sinners have more fun and only the good die young, you know, that song. And um, it's really, it should be really the opposite. I mean, people should think of church people and Christians as the most happy people, shouldn't we? Well, we certainly should be the most happy people. I, th- I think it occurred to me the other week that every day, a good discipline for a Christian would be every day to remember, you know what, I was meant to go away from the Lord forever. I was meant to go into damnation, and I'm not going to go there because of what Jesus did. And if that doesn't bring a smile to your face, um, I'm not sure what will, but it feels like that should be a discipline for us. Yeah, oh, definitely, I agree with that. And you say to be satisfied in the word of God. When your words came, I ate them. They were joy, my joy, and my heart's delight. That's Jeremiah 15:16. And so, you know, it kind of begins there, really, with the word of God to produce that joy. Do we forget that sometimes? Absolutely. God doesn't leave us in silence. He didn't leave us alone. He's speaking to us through his word. He brought his son to save us. Uh, The world is full of the blessings of God. And our response to that is really important, and the world is is watching. I think I was really convicted by uh, a verse in Psalm 126 where it not only says that the people of God said the Lord has done great things for us, he has made us glad, but then there's this this really cool turn where the nations, the Gentiles, look at the people of God and they say, the Lord has done great things for them. And it just kind of occurred to me that the the world is looking at the church and wondering about God. 
And when we walk around really kind of dour and we're not responding to the gifts of God in a joyful way, even a happy way, uh, I wonder about our witness. Yes, and you mentioned certain notable people like C.S. Lewis and uh, that it's a really a duty. I think he said that it's a duty to really be happy. And John Edwards, that, you know, we're to be happy people. And what about for the people, you know, we bring a lot of baggage into the church and we have uh, issues and things like that. And um, can we force it to be happy or, or is it not worth it doing that? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, there's nothing more um, frustrating than trying to push false emotion and this is certainly not a happy clappy book actually although the cover you know makes you think that it is um, it's not a health and wealth gospel book there are a lot of hard things in life there's a lot of of suffering that we endure trials that we go through but even in the midst of it can we look to the Lord and recognize that he's blessing us even in the hard stuff. What was amazing in the research of the book was to find quotes like that from folks like Lewis and Spurgeon and Edwards and back into the early church, times when the church was in much more dire straits than it is now. And somehow those people felt that it was a virtue to try to be as glad and as joyful in response to God's blessing as they could be. But uh, somehow in our times, we, we don't think as much that way. Yes. Tim, I want to ask you, you know, how being a pastor, which you are, um, you know, how sensitive are you as far as the welcome wagon when people go to your church? And of course, pastors, when they think of, you know, people are going to be really sensitive. It's almost like uh, heaven himself, heaven itself welcoming people into uh, this beautiful, happy place. And sometimes, you know, we don't roll it out enough and there's not a real you know, eye contact and people feel, am I in the right place? What's going on here? Well, that's a great question, and um, the the church should always be thinking of itself as a mission of God to the world, and that's a big part of what the book Happy Church Pursuing Radical Joy as the People of God is about, is that if we really think of ourselves as something that God's doing, God didn't just pick us to be saved to get us out of the world. He picked us, and He has uh, He's drawn us near to Him, or we've responded to the message of the gospel. We're in His good graces. We're filled with His benefits. But it's not just for us. It's to bless the world. And so the more we think of ourselves as a mission of God to bless the world, Actually, the more challenged we are to grow and to be responsible with that mission. And that actually can be very fulfilling. Rather than coming to church as a consumer and deciding on the way out, you know, did that make me happy or did that, did that not make me happy? Uh, we actually go to church on a mission to be the joyful people of God, not just for one another, but for the non-believers in our community and those that are looking in from the outside. Yeah, you got me right there. I mean, I'm guilty right there. I, I'll go to a church and say, you know, that music was okay. What do you think of that, honey? You know, my wife and, uh, well, uh, you know, and you begin to critique it and did that make me happy? And was, uh, was it biblical enough, the sermon and uh, the exegete or do you think it was too watered down and, and topical? And, um, you know, we do do that. And in the same breath, I just want to say there are people who will greet you at the front door of churches and make you feel so welcome also. And, you know, I believe that's a gift that you want those people, those greeters that really have that, you know, happy, good countenance to make it makes you feel like a million dollars. Well, I believe in a ministry of transformation for individuals. I think God is changing us and growing us. And what the book is about is that that transformation can happen in a church when a church in its leadership and, and its membership starts to think about itself differently and starts to think about all the great 
gifts of the Word of God and coming together to sing, uh, coming together for fellowship and even suffering together instead of suffering alone and without God. These are all gifts that God gives us, great gifts, and uh, the practice of prayer, and they should change the whole church. And uh, so imagine instead of coming to church and, and sort of measuring your experience, uh, church leaders are going to love this book and love handing this book out to their the people in their congregation because the shift here is how can I go to church and be part of the mission? And maybe how can I go to church and encourage those around me and, and even show up wanting to bring a joke, wanting to bring a smile, wanting to bring a gift of joy that I'm either going to give uh, – to some of my friends that I know or I might be able to give to somebody that I've just met who needs to know that God is good. Let's be face you know sometimes we do get a little tired of checking out this church and you know you don't feel exactly comfortable um and they say you know I'm tired we're tired of looking around at churches and we're just looking at online uh stuff uh, right now sermons how did you address that? Well, Michael, I'm not a, a Luddite. I want to use every every technological advance that our human capabilities come up with to promote the gospel. And some online churches are doing it very well. They're gathering people. They're connecting people and offering that open door. But uh, in my time, I'm still going to advocate for, hey, you, you know, you got to walk into the community. There's something that happens when you get up and you walk into the community and you're there, body, spirit, soul, mind, everything is there. You're committed. Uh, if you're being challenged by something that's being said, you can't just flip off the screen and, and, I mean, turn off your computer and walk away or switch off the podcast. You're there, and, and, and God's going to use that to shape you. Um, so, yeah, that was a funny moment. I just had these friends that had just given up on – they were just going to watch sermons online and given up on the community. But my encouragement to you, if you're a Christian, is find keep going. Find that community and contribute to its joy. And if you're a non-Christian and you happen to be listening to this podcast, what I hope you're going to find is that there are pockets of joyful people who have been met with the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and they are eager to show you what it means to be happy in the Lord instead of chasing happiness in the things of the world. Amen. And one of the things you mentioned, too, and it was good, you said, and plus there's donuts, and you can't get donuts online. <laughs> yeah, I have not yet had a donut come at me through a podcast. If if we can do that, I'm in. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. And uh, but that has not yet happened in my yeah. life. But even a donut, you know, and coffee, even so, you know, people are people, and it, and it's good to you know bond together and so forth. Um, as far as the human condition, you mentioned in your book here that we are not alone. People love their privacy, but hate their loneliness. Mm-hmm. For all our social media connections, you say, and constant plugging in, people seem to feel more lonely and isolated than previous generations. Meaningful friendships are on the decline. We are not alone when we intimately connect with one another, and with God. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. We're a lonely society. For all of our supposed social media connectionalism, everyone is telling us, uh, Christian and secular alike, that people just feel more alone. They feel more isolated. The things that they're doing to reach out are less genuine than they used to be. 
And God has created this community, this this amazing, miraculous gathering of people. And you don't have to be rich. You don't have to uh, have come from a certain class or a certain race or uh, any of that. You just come because the grace of God covers anyone who will be part of his community of faith. And it's what other community is like that? In the history of the world, what other community could gather people from all walks of life and have them united in the same mission and in the same practices? The church is a beautiful, beautiful gift. Yes, and you also mentioned that it was pretty radical in church days that people ate meals together. That's something that you mentioned. And, I mean, let's be fa- let's face it, a potluck lunch or dinner will always get church people together, and generally they're happy. Yeah, wherever a few, uh, what, three Christians gather, a, a chicken is sacrificed nearby, something like that. <laughs> you heard that uh, one. I like that. I've heard that one. I love it. Um, coming together for a meal. You see Paul dealing with this with the Corinthian church. They kind of had a hard time doing it because they were used to the rich people eating rich food, the poor people eating poor food, uh, the males eating man food, the women eating woman food. I don't know. But at church, they all came together and they started to eat a meal together. And, of course, that meal is much more than just a potluck or a gathering. When you come together for a meal like that at church, you get to see a foretaste of how God is bringing all people together, all nations together around a table, a great feast of thanksgiving for the work that he has accomplished through his son, Jesus Christ. So even eating together, I mean, we go to uh, church potluck and we're like, ah, that was not good. I didn't like that. Um, But a little bit of shaping our mind around what's happening at these events and what God is doing when he gathers the church like that, it really can increase our joy. It really can increase our, our level of happiness and gladness when we reflect on what a gift it is for God to bring us together as a body, even to eat fried chicken together. Yeah. I mean, what do you think as far as Jesus, you know, they always show in museums a very emaciated or thin, you know, the artist of the time that Jesus is not really smiling or happy. And then you look at you look at the sinners, you know, the publicans, the prostitutes, they felt comfortable around Jesus. I mean, it's obvious that Jesus was a happy person. Yeah. How could he get, uh, you know, accused of of being a miserable, emaciated sort of um you know, self-flagellating uh, de- uh, monk, and at the same time, he had people that are saying, "You go to too many parties. You're you're a glutton. You're you're hanging out with people that drink. You're hanging out with the wrong kinds of people." And the gospels were just Jesus kind of going from banquet to banquet. I mean, from gathering to yes. gathering, where there was celebration and food to be shared and drink. Um, Jesus wanted to demonstrate a fullness of life for us, and uh, we kind of uh, gave up on some of that. We've we've given up on some of the promise that God actually knows how to bring us a fulfilled and joyful life. You know, I think it's it's a little bit of the fear of the health and wealth gospel, right? As good Christian leaders, we don't want to get caught saying, "I worship God because." It makes me happy because that that makes it sound like the only reason I worship God is for the payoff for me. But because we're so afraid of saying that, we fail to say, I worship God and it makes me happy. It makes me glad. Uh, So I don't worship God because it pays off into happiness. But it's very important for us to openly say, God is good to me and it makes me glad. It makes me happy. It fulfills my life.
also that there was a little bit of an alteration in translation where happy was a common usage uh, to say that the Lord has made me happy and uh, or glad, and and uh, and then they changed it to blessed along the way, and uh, I thought that was an interesting point. Well, that's an important point, you know, for people who like to study those kinds of things, certainly, uh, but you know what I catch is that we're in this season where a responsible Christian leader thinks that the word happy is a really bad word. And as someone, um, you know, in my life, I've read so deeply of Christian theology from all different seasons. Happiness is a really important category, and not just joy, not just that hidden, deep joy. You know, sometimes we think of joy as this deep internal thing, and. Even though I'm miserable on some level, I'm sure I'm joyful, you know, down deep where you can't see it and I'm not going to let anybody know about it. Uh, we, we think that that's what we're supposed to be doing and that happiness is a bad word, but happiness is not a bad word, not in scripture, not in Christian theology, and it can't be a bad word in our church. We need to understand that the joy that God gives us down deep is meant to be expressed, and it's okay. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to want to pursue happiness. The trouble is when we go chasing it in all kinds of goofy ways. I'm sure you'll appreciate this question, I hope. Uh, you know, at the same token, there are people who go to church and they've been hurt in church before, and they're with people who have a lot of baggage. And sometimes, you know, I don't know how we got away from it, but people are not really that happy at times. And then you see church fights and gossiping and things like that. I mean, you know, I'm not so sure that believers are prepared for that when they come to the Lord, that uh, they think this is going to be the happiest place, and it's not the happiest place. What do you tell those people that have been hurt by the church where it wasn't such a happy experience for them? Well, absolutely. And the church is a place to be restored and nurtured and welcomed in and to know that there are no obligations. Uh, God wants to claim you as a daughter, as a son, and bring you into his household and heal you from past pains and help you to grow. Uh, but it breaks my heart that uh, there are Christian leaders who, who seem to genuinely believe that being grumpy and sour is the mature posture of the Christian. And so then you get churches that are kind of built up that way. It's all about saying no to the world. It's all about raising great high walls to separate us from the world. It's all about casting judgment on everyone that we can find. And we've lost any call to receive the grace of God and be joyful in what God has done for us. So, Again, I believe that uh, the life of the Christian life is a life of change and transformation. If one year from now you're exactly the same guy as a Christian that you are today, then something's going wrong because God promised to change and to transform and to grow us. And churches can change too. There can be a ministry of transformation for churches when they connect with the joy of the presence of the Lord. I was just going to ask you that because, you know, they have the music and the prayers and everything. And then, you know, someone might say, you know, I'm not happy. And I go to church, I pray, I listen to the music and everything, and I'm depressed. I'm still depressed. And are there Christians that carry around a lot of weight and baggage, maybe guilt, because they just can't shake it and, and you know, match the music and be as happy and joyful as we ought to be? Yeah, right. And and you really don't again, you really don't want to be pushing someone into some false posture. But it is interesting to read um like C.S. Lewis and you know, C. H. Spurgeon, he actually had bouts of depression. And C.S. Lewis had 
deep, uh, deep, dark channels of, of his life. Uh, if you remember that uh, that movie Shadowlands about when he lost his wife Joy and all the questions and pain and that he went through, but here these are the guys who are stepping forward and say we need to do our best to seek joy in the Lord and to allow that joy to well up within us to the point where we're going to look across the table to someone else in our lives. And have a smile on our face, a genuine smile, because of what God's done for us. And and um, so I think when someone is in that painful place, you know, your best witness to them is to sit with them. Remember, the Scripture tells us to mourn with those who mourn. We just want to sit and and be together, but we want to sit and be together and pray for a better turn. We want to pray for that restoration. And part of what I go into in the book, because I used to be what you call a winter Christian, I thought uh, that I, I really felt like a responsible Christian was a serious Christian who never laughed and never took anything, you know, lightly. Took everything with great heaviness. Um, and uh, I talk in the book about um, walking out of that and more into the joyful life that God offers. Uh, and that's something that we need to help other people walk toward. But even when we're suffering, uh, we need to be honest and, and clear. It is so much better to go through suffering with the Lord, with the community of faith, with the hope of eternal life and the eternal kingdom of God in front of us than it is to go through suffering and find it meaningless and endless and have no hope from the light of Christ. Yes. Let's just be honest, you and I, okay? Just nobody's listening, just you and me. Um, what do you think the happiest denomination is? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, just from your experience. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, my tradition is uh, Presbyterian, and they have not been, we have not been known to excel in this area. Although I did find some of our great leaders from history talking about the importance of joy. Um, the happiest denomination. Uh, I don't know. What church does Bob Goff go to? That's probably it right there. <laughs> in all fairness to you, Baptist here. Baptist, okay? So we're in the same boat. Yeah, right. Presbyterian Baptist. You know? Hey, I've been to some happy Baptist churches. I have. Yeah. Um, I've been to some other ones, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting because you do go and some are just bubbly and full of worship and so forth and others, you know, can be difficult. But um, now, if we don't mind, a little character study when you think about people in the Bible, uh, who come across as the happiest to you? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's a great question, too. Um, you know, I really – we all want to look to Christ, and I think it's important when you're reading the Scriptures – to try to catch where Jesus is being a little humorous, where mm -hmm. he's he's being a, a little bit uh, joking with his critics and and with his disciples, I think Jesus displays a deep kind of a happiness. Um, he's at peace. He has a, a deep and abiding joy in in every contrary moment in his ministry when things are pressed against him. He has an overcoming joyfulness. Um, as he said, in this world you have great hardship, but take take heart, I have overcome the world. 
And I think that's the best model. I think that's the best model. But others had their moments, like David uh, dancing in front of the ark as it came in uh, before the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, there are moments of, of great celebration in the scriptures, and we need to look at those. But most of what I found myself digging into was the Psalms. Mm. Because in the Psalms, time and time again, you have the leader of song telling us to sing, God has done great things for us, he has made us glad, rejoice, and sing. Uh, that's a great model. Amen. And anyone who has come to the Lord Jesus Christ, they received the Holy Spirit, they know that they have had burdens lifted, some immediately, and others, you know, it's a, a, we're all a work in progress, but you can't help but feel glad knowing that you have a new song in your heart. I mean, it's truly um, the beauty that you have a testimony to tell people uh, what the Lord has done. And, and I think that, uh, you, of course, you mentioned here that your church has exactly what it needs to follow Christ in faithfulness and to know his joy. It's nice. Even the people who are fighting, even for some of the gossipers, and you know who you are. And uh, I was going to say, uh, everybody has what they need in every church to have the faithfulness and to know his joy. I mean, I thought that was very um, much of a confidence builder. I love what you said there. Michael, the mission is just too important. And the reason this book is out there and, the, and the, the ways I pray for it, Happy Church, Pursuing Radical Joy as the People of God, is that I'm praying that God uses this book to release churches into their mission to glorify God and to reach their communities effectively with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the truth is that the greatest gift we can give the world around us is a community of faith that reflects the light of heaven and the joy met in Jesus. And so may the Lord unleash churches to, to accept that mission, to be a part of that mission, and may the, the Lord unleash joy in every community that believes in Jesus and lifts up his name. Amen. It's wonderful. Um, I guess we could leave with just a, a thought here, you know, and you don't have to take my word for it, but you know how they have like chicken soup for the soul and things like that. Maybe we can go further with this, you know, like sad church, happy church. Uh, and do, do you think there, there are more of these type of books there for you? You know, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe. I think the Lord's calling me to write about a few other things. Um, I kind of, uh, you know, John Ortberg calls himself Dallas Willard for dummies. I've kind of considered myself uh, the church fathers for dummies. The Lord gave me the opportunity to study a lot of early Christian thinkers, and there's so many things that I find in those leaders of the church in the first few centuries that we need in our churches today. And this is one of them. I mean, those those leaders... They were pressed into a hard spot, but if you start reading um, Augustine of Hippo on happiness, man, you'll be inspired. So I hope to just kind of bring some of the depth of the history of the church and apply it to what we're facing in our churches today. Even in the face of death, they had such joy and happiness, this supernatural uh, gladness because it's salvation that's been given to them by the Lord Jesus Christ. And even in the face of adversity, nobody blinked. You know, they go to the stake as long as, you know, just let me be with Jesus. And just those are the type of history, uh, you know, testimonies you mentioned that people have to say there's something about this Jesus that uh, people can have a smile on their face even in the face of death. Well, that has been a big 
God has used that in big ways in my life to connect with people from other times of history, with Christians from other times of history. When I feel disappointed about how things are going in my life or I think um, I'm a little dyspeptic about uh, how things are turning out in, in my particular job or um, – you know, we are. Uh, you got to connect with a Christian who really had to fight Roman persecution and and had to watch their family get dragged out into the Colosseum and and go ahead and read their journals and their letters and see what was going on in their heart. It's a lot like Paul in his letter to the Philippians, where we know that he is sitting in chains. But that letter, if you want to talk about the theme of that letter, we call that the letter of joy because he comes around again and again to the strength and the power of the overcoming joy that's met in Jesus Christ even when we're in tight spots. You know, you've corrected us the church I should say with love and to say hey guys wait a minute, you know, let's be a happy people that we are. Let's let's get back to that joy and you bring historical examples into this but to think about it I can't think of anybody that I can recall that would, in a loving way to say, let's, let's be the happy people that we were meant to be. And I'm sure that people will, you know, take notice of that and say, you know, we, we can be different. We can be an example to the rest of the world. It's worth the challenge, Michael. Like I say, the mission is just too important. I heard a, a leader recently saying that, um, you've probably heard some people say this, that you have to pick between the ones you have and, or those you want to reach. And uh, you have to make a decision whether you're going to keep the people that are in your church or reach the people that are not in your church. And one of these leaders said, I was so tired of climbing over grumpy Christians mm. to reach the lost that I left that church and started another one. And it just has occurred to me that I just think that's a false dichotomy. I think it's part of our mission to transform the grumpy, so that they're effective as vehicles to declaring to the world around them the joy of what God has done in Christ. And if we're not willing to do that work, then yeah, we might be tempted to just leave the grumpy Christians behind, to fill up the grumpy churches and leave a giant grumpy mark on the name Christian. Yeah. But what we really need to do is to help people to grow and to be transformed into the joyful people of God. Amen. To be the happy church. Yeah, and it's there. I mean, it's there. I've been to too many really happy, wonderful churches where the joy of the Lord is just like a ladder right up to heaven and mm -hmm. uh, with praise and worship and uh, and praise the Lord that those churches exist. So we'll close just by saying in your book here, it says the kingdom of God is breaking through in our lives, in our own hearts. And as it breaks through, it makes the, all the false kingdoms of life look silly, silly enough to laugh at. I like the way that you said that. Thank you for being on the program. Our special guest, Tim McConnell, and the book is called Happy Church, Pursuing Radical Joy as the People of God. Very thoughtful book and well done. Thank you for being on the program. Michael, thanks so much for having me and for reading the book and for helping others to find it. Every every time it's read, that's an answer to prayer. And may the Lord use this to, to open up avenues of joy in every listener's life. 